everybody, and welcome to another film podcast. My name is Tierney. I'm Colin. I'm Matt. Well, it was oh, so boring. <laughs> I know that's why I, I gotta keep it. I gotta keep it interesting by making it boring once in a while. Is, is the deal. Uh, this week we will be discussing Mems of Murds. Mems of Murds. <laughs> AKA Memories of mur- of Murder. Is it? Uh, it's of a murder. No, Everybody it's, it's memories. Has a hard time remembering. It's memories of murder. So oh. there's no article. So really, it should be Mems of Murd. Oh but, my god, uh, guys. I just realized that for most of this week, I've been referring to it as making of a murderer. <laughs> it's, documentary. it's not making it's a murder. definitely not that. <laughs> We're not reviewing making of a murderer. Oops. Yeah. Memories of murder, no articles. No the, no A's. Just just mems of murder. Memories of murder. Mems of murder. And mems one of, of, murd. of the concept of murder, too. Not even multiple murders. Yeah. It's memories of the topic of murder. Mm. That's it. All the memories. So the so many memories. Many memories. Uh, honestly, there's not a lot of memories in this movie. No flashbacks. Yeah, no one can remember <laughs> shit. <laughs> Everyone forgot everything is the problem. The only people who remember anything are like the detectives 20 years later yeah. and the murderer 20 years later. Um, but yeah, very few memories. But... Lots of murder. So much murder. Yeah. Hella murder. All right, so I think we might be jumping the gun a little bit here. Uh, this was Matt's selection. So, Matt, it sure was. speak on it. Um, I am a big Bong Joon-ho fan, uh, and this is his movie from 2003. Uh, I have not seen it, so I chose it uh, <laughs> having not seen it prior, but just I love all of Bong Joon-ho's movies, um, and I'm trying to think how many I've seen... I've mostly seen the ones since, I think, like, Host on. Um, so, like, I've seen The Host. Uh, seen Mother. You've seen Mother. Snowpiercer. Seen Okja. 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 Yeah. Is that how it is? Okja. I don't... I think it's either way. Okja. Okja. Um, and pa- and Parasite. Parasite, obviously. So you've Parasite. literally only missed two of his movies. <laughs> what are the ones besides that? Uh, uh, so, well, now you've seen Memories of Murder. And his first movie oh. is Barking Dogs Never Bite. Oh, so you've well, seen almost all of his one. all of his films at this point. I am a true bong hiver, and I've been here for so long. Is that true? So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I saw the host in like two thousand thirteen or fourteen. I mean, that movie came out in two thousand six, so like you weren't a true bong hive. Member. But I've been as long as I've had access to movies of his easily. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I think I do think Parasite's like the best movie. I was willing to let that one just, just sit and <laughs> just I I'm more of a bong hiver than any of you. I won't. Think. I won't yeah. argue that point. Yeah, that, I, yeah I saw Snowpiercer years ago. I saw Okja when it first came out, and I loved Tilda Swinton. And Tilda Swinton from Okja is my avatar on Netflix. Like she's the little square. <laughs> And it's just her smiling and bleached blonde and looking crazy. I don't think she has braces, though, which is a bummer. I'll have to check next time. This has nothing to do I'm with <laughs> Anyway, I picked this movie because, obviously, I got to see more Bong movies. Uh, and it didn't disappoint. I was really happy uh, with how good it was. I think I, the same way that like, you ranked Nolan movies, I would put Parasite and... 
uh, I think most of his movies before this one, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not to say that it was bad. I just think uh, Mother is, like, real crazy. Uh, and, like, basically as twisty and uh, bold as Parasite, in my opinion. Um, I think Snowpiercer and Okia are, like, uh, kind of the most American, and so there's something that's kind of just, like, commercially about them. Not really. Uh, This is just ranting about all the movies, but I do think this one was, like, good, uh, and very good, uh, and probably not my favorite of his, but that's not that's not to to detract from how good it was. Yeah. So that's what I'll say. I will say this reminded me a lot of Insomnia, (laughs) in similar ways what you were saying, where it was like, this like I can see that there is a very talented filmmaker behind this movie, and there are things that happen in this movie that I was very impressed with, and like on the whole, I did enjoy this movie, but it just never like fully like connected with me um, in the same. And, like to be fair, I think I mentioned this on an earlier episode, but um, I Parasite's really the only Bong movie I've seen that I, like, feel comfortable saying that I've seen. I know I watched The Host once, like, back in college, but I barely remember it, so I'm not really counting that as having seen it. So um, I definitely don't have, like, the... Like, I love Parasite, obviously, but I don't have, like, the attachment to him as a director, and I don't have, like, the context of him as a director. But um, all of that being said, it, it just... It felt like... And, I mean, it is, but it just felt like an earlier movie from somebody who is going to become great but isn't quite great yet um but i did i mean there's a lot of good stuff in this movie so i'm excited to talk about some of that stuff but uh so for me i would like similarly i've only seen parasite and snowpiercer um but i would put those above this only because those stories are so original to where you're like Mm -hmm. i've seen nothing like this before versus i've seen many a murder mystery um that said i thought that the like craft and storytelling involved was it did i was like oh this is kind of reminiscent of insomnia because christopher nolan did that and then went on to do other stuff but i thought this was way like far and above insomnia Mm -hmm. um and i thought what was interesting about this especially compared to snowpiercer and parasite is well i guess parasite is also very much grounded in reality but there's like it's like one of the more real murder mysteries in that it is unsolved yeah oops spoiler (laughs) (laughs) i mean but that's what they open it with they say it's based on a true story of an unsolved case right Mm -hmm. yeah so like right off and it's like a pretty notable um case in south korea we could talk more about like the the end later but uh it is like a a known uh, serial killer that was in this region of South Korea. Um, and in, in that regard, it also feels a little bit like Zodiac, where it's like, this is a real case that, like, the dynamics of never were able to quite sync up to get any conviction. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, but um, in that regard, too, it's it's a pretty big thing to say at the beginning, like, this is based on true events, mm-hmm. and it's unsolved. Um uh, but I do, yeah, I think we we can just jump right in uh, to talking about kind of the theme of the movie, which is similar to Insomnia, and kind of on the other side. So, like, in Insomnia, evidence is important, 
and Pacino plants evidence when he needs a conviction. Uh, he's got terrible fingernails, and he looks like oh. he got shrunk in a trunk ray. Um, but, <laughs> um, I'm really glad. But, I, I was just about to take a sip of my tea, and I... Like if you would have, if I would have done that like five <laughs> seconds earlier, I would have spit tea all over my computer. <laughs> oh, I was trying to time it right. Um, <laughs> this is a work computer, so I'm glad that you didn't do that because that would have been fine. <laughs> uh, but in this regard, uh, we see early on that the entire police force is pretty brutal. Um, they don't shy away from uh, torture and intimidation, and uh, making people confess to things that they didn't do. Yeah. Um, and, like, right away, it doesn't feel right. You're like, oh, this is not okay. And, like, it's a lot of, like, cutting corners and, like, making evidence that is based on nothing. Like, getting a shoe, making a shoe print, and then being like, isn't this your shoe print? Uh, which I thought was pretty... Uh, fun is the wrong word, but, like, very inventive um, and felt... Yeah, because wait, when did Insomnia come out? 2002? So yeah, I mean, these would have come out right around the same time. I mean, obviously, yeah, like, which... Insomnia had the reach of being an American production, and this was, right. you know, a South Korean film. So, like, it definitely didn't have the same reach, but they did come out around the same time. <clears throat> yeah, and it's just cool to see how both of them handled this. Um, in Also, it's uh, Insomnia and... Uh, this movie came out within a couple years of 2001, which is 9-11, and, like, probably were not influenced by that, but keeping in mind the context of, like, torture as a way to get information to protect the population, um, it's interesting to see that Insomnia still holds it up as, like, oh, it's not great, but, like, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, and in this movie, that's the arc of the characters, is to learn how to be uh, upholding the law, like actually adhering to what evidence says and to what um, the truth is. And I think the the main character that learns that is Detective Park, uh, who's played by uh, Kang Ho Song, who is in Parasite and uh, The Host, uh, and always plays this kind of... He's, yeah, was, he's in a bunch of Bong Joon-ho movies. <clears throat> and he's just great he's just so good at playing this like uh likable but deeply flawed and like uh kind of fuck up of a character where like he's in the host he's not great like he's just not a great father and he learns how to be a good father um in parasite he's not a great father or person (laughs) and through all of his own mechanisms ends up you know positioned in a in a in a way to deal with that person that he is um and then this one he's the main detective on the case he doesn't really know what he's doing and like bumbles his way through everything um and like makes up stuff to make it seem like he knows how to do his job uh which i thought was so inventive to start off with where you think he might be a good cop but like actually skilled and then they just show you he's not like he does he can't tell who a criminal is by looking at them which he says he can yeah he's never dealt with like a murder case properly before in this regard forensics are always uh like messed up and nothing like they can't get any conclusive evidence 
And I think that's such an interesting way to, like, kick off the movie is, like, oh, this police force doesn't know what they're doing. Um, I think so, that's yeah. also paired nicely, like, what you were saying is, like, he doesn't know what he's doing, but at the same time, like, he found a, an actual f- footprint and then a tractor drove through it. Um, yeah. And then, like, the fact that repeatedly they don't have enough men or that they have to send forensics off to the U.S. is, like, mm-hmm. that they're, like... They don't have the manpower to conduct an investigation. Um, but also, I believe there's a thing in the beginning where they talk about how the, it's under military, the state is under military control. And so there's, yeah. like, repeatedly, like, forces are being sent elsewhere and not to this murder case, which I think also leads to what you were saying where they, like, try and jerry-rig it to make it work for themselves. Yeah, so I yeah. did, like... This is very, 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 like, surface-level research, but um, I did read a little bit about the actual case that this is based on, and um, which is not to say that there weren't murders in South Korea before, but this was, like, basically South Korea's first serial killer. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that also, like, just historically goes to show that, like, this is a small province in this country. Like, it's not like they, somebody from Seoul comes there, right? So, like, mm-hmm. this is probably the first, like, actual murder case that any of these detectives have actually had to work on, in addition to being, like, the country's first, like, serial killer. So, like, historically, all of that stuff fits. I will say, um, <clears throat> when this was made in 2003, uh, it probably played a little differently than when we watched it in you know the summer of 2020 because a lot of that stuff at the beginning almost felt like it was kind of played off for like a comedic effect um which you know in given the current political climate that we're in i like i did not find that funny um so i like i think that like i said i think that was just like since this movie came out in, in you know 17 years ago it obviously plays a little bit different now and because like like you said matt the the arc of this character is realizing that he like he can't do it the way he thinks he can do it and he actually has to be a quote-unquote good cop and he actually has to um you know follow the evidence that actually exists as opposed to just like making stuff up and i think i don't want to get too far ahead of it but i think the 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 way that because the, the movie jumps to 2003 at the very end, um, but I think, like, the last little bit that takes place in 1986, I think, is really powerful. Um, and I don't know if we want to quite go there yet, but I think the fact that, like, you can track Park's character arc from where he's at in the beginning to where he ends up in, like, at the end of, like, that chunk of the timeline, I think is really fascinating. And holy shit, <clears throat> Song Kang-ho just incredible he's so fucking good in this movie (laughs) yeah and like you get that he is also seeing that like um seo the uh detective from seoul who comes uh when he gets things right it's like yeah this is actual police work Mm -hmm. he's actually putting in the time to research things and it's not based on hunches and it's not based on circumstantial evidence or rigged evidence yeah um and like that learning without it being like it's not a buddy cop movie right um, in in some regards it also kind of me sorry bleh, 
it also kind of reminded me of LA Confidential um, in that there's like three mm-hmm. different cops all who have their own methods of how they do things mm-hmm. um, and the only way to actually like start solving the case is for them to come together with their different like ways uh, and it's interesting that Park and Seo kind of switch methods right. um, throughout the movie that as it becomes more and more and more evident that this is the guy who they're looking for, Sio becomes very unhinged and like is willing to do what he needs to do uh, to try to get an, uh, an admission of guilt. Again, though, what is it worth when you're intimidating and torturing the person who's uh, recording that? Uh, which the movie frequently goes back to, just like, it's not, like, this isn't good evidence. It's just you forcing them to say what you want them to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Park to be the one who realizes, like, now nah, we we both can't do that. Yeah. Um, I thought was really interesting. But, yeah, I think in the summer of 2020, even though I think the other thing is, like, yes, some of it is played a little light. Um, the fact that, like, uh, what's the character's name? Uh, Cho sideways kicks everyone like <laughs> jumps and kicks and like that's his move in a police interrogation is like wild it's just a, a or wild restaurants image. yeah, yeah or like or restaurants. anywhere he happens to be <laughs> yeah. yeah it's such a cool uh, move though like watching him yeah. do it i'm like this is so bad but also it's so beautiful the way he does it yeah it's so fast yeah. and you don't totally understand like the dynamics of how he like jumps and Can angles you... and then flies forward like imagine the physical strength that you need to be able to jump high enough like with both feet and then mm-hmm. kick someone with both feet it's like yeah it's it's pretty incredible to where i was like i could watch him do that for a while (laughs) it's a great stunt and i wonder i haven't uh i'm not familiar if this guy has been in other stuff i Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he has been in a bunch of action like some of the way the ways he moves are like specifically in fights he looks like he's probably been in a fair bit of action movies yeah he's he's done some stuff uh i just am not (laughs) super familiar with it uh but uh yeah, like his his sideways kick uh, is it's insane to see, and so it kind of feels like levity uh, at points. But I think it's so uncomfortable. And as soon as uh, Detective Co is introduced and is just on the periphery of these different interrogations, you are he's our window into the scene. Yeah, and it does get that context of like this is not police work. Mm-hmm. This is not anything. Uh, this is such bad. Uh, interrogation tactics and I think the humor I thought uh, felt very similar to all of Bong Joon-ho's humor which is always like the weirdest and like grimmest Mm -hmm. uh, like lighthearted like they he takes things that are like so awful and just puts this weird like twisted comedy around it Mm -hmm. uh, that never feels funny but does feel ridiculous Mm -hmm. I think he's great at like illuminating how ridiculous things are sure class struggles uh, meat the meat industry in Okja um, bad detective work and uh, police brutality and it's always held up in this like isn't this absurd that this is how things are and this is how people act with each other yeah Um, which I thought was interesting too I thought there was also like 
the most of the humor in the first part of the movie was just showing how inept they are. So yeah. like one of I thought the him failing to stop a tractor from driving through the shoe print was pretty funny. <laughs> and then like that opening scene where he's talking to the boy and the boy is copying him near yeah. that like hole was really funny. And then like uh when there's that first murder in the rice paddy you see the like chief inspector you see like fall four different people just slip yeah. and fall down <laughs> so funny and so there's a lot of like i thought there was a fair bit of like physical comedy that yeah. like gave it an interesting spin in the beginning because by the end there is no comedy no and it is straight drama and so it's this like it starts with like a balance between them and then the comedy just falls off and then yeah you're like super invested in something that is never going to reach a resolution, which yeah. I think was a really interesting take. I mean, there is still some some comedy where it's like, ah, but I thought right. a lot of it was like physical, ridiculous comedy. For sure. And like that stuff wasn't necessarily my problem. My problem was more just like the actual like police work that they were doing like the like i like like the shady things that they were doing in the police station Mm -hmm. like that was the type of stuff where it seemed like they were kind of playing and like yeah you're right matt they like it it had an air of ridiculousness to it but um it just like i said just watching it in this time that we're in right now just like i couldn't yeah. I, I couldn't like take I couldn't take myself out of that. Like there were there was stuff yeah. like watching police officers do things that are like morally reprehensible. <laughs> just like I, I was just like I can't and no not one, be mad at this, you know? Yeah. No one stopped them, which was like super frustrating to watch as well. And the fact yeah. that that like dingy back room exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think, will say yeah. there, there were a couple shots where it was like just like going down the staircase, and I was like, "Oh, I've only seen two of his movies, but Bong really has a thing for shots going down staircases." <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Bong Joon Ho, uh, uh, what's the word, motifs in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, group fights, any any like explosion of chaos, the way the camera moves through the crowd of people, and the way you see like somebody wind up for a punch and then deliver the punch and like flip someone over like the it's all shot the same way Snowpiercer is the same way Parasite is in the moments of like pure chaos where everything is going wrong um and that happens like four different times in this movie uh just these breakout fights uh and then this camera kind of weaving around everybody Mm -hmm. um which I found super fun just to see like oh yeah since 2003 he's been wanting to do that move of like witnessing the chaos mm-hmm. um, Witness. and not really it's just bodies yeah um i think building off of it like most of what i thought were the most striking moments of this movie were the cinematography and the way things were shot and there's a lot of ones of like things in the rain things at night which i think are really good especially for like building tension but i think my favorite from the whole movie is when the three detectives separately go to the woods 
and are both hiding, and then yes. the dude from the factory comes out and masturbates, and then it starts. So that whole thing is great because no one know like who knows that who is there is really fun the way it's filmed. But the, then I was following... gonna say the way that is shot. Just like sorry to interrupt real quick, but like it's all shot from over. Um, Park and Cho's shoulders, and you can see, like, at one point, the the guy from the factory, like, looks over at them, and you watch them duck, and then you see CO mm-hmm. pop up, and then the guy mm-hmm. turns, and you see him pop down, and you see, like, the way that the camera shot that whole thing in that, like, in that frame, and, like, we got to watch all of that play out, I was like, this is awesome, like, this is so cool, and so funny, and so tense, that, like, yeah. I was blown away by that sequence. Um, I feel like... Sorry, I interrupted you, Tierney. Oh, no, sorry, yeah, you go, Tierney. <laughs> so the, so th- that part was great, but then the fact that you have a chase scene that follows, and the way that that chase scene is filmed, I have... I don't think I've ever seen the chase scene filmed like that, because normally you get, like, a side view of them running, yeah. but you had a face view of all three of them running through, like, the streets, and they just filled the whole frame, and then you'd get, like, the front or the back view of it which i thought was really like a fun way of doing it because then you're like why can't they catch up they're right there as opposed to like a tracking one of their side yeah Mm -hmm. or like in insomnia of like seeing the the suspect get away and like being behind and like that's the only real perspective is like oh you're ahead of me and i'm behind but yeah as soon as they like converge on the frame and mm-hmm. all three of them are now in the same place it is like such a distinct image of these three men running at the same pace like down these uh like streets to mm-hmm. find this guy um which also like i think bong Jun ho does uh like status and role in uh relationships between characters so well because like in that moment when you see them both like ducking and and popping up and ducking and popping up uh, like the context, you understand that like one of these detectives knows what he's doing and won't mess this up, and the other two don't. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that both of them are looking at the same scene, you're like, this is like competing ideals or competing like uh, not motivations even. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like one of them is going to do this well and the other one isn't, and I feel like that is repeated in like class struggles in Snowpiercer, in the class struggle in Parasite, of, like, this is how this family does it, and this is their, like, routine in their home, and these other people are here, and, like, they are now in danger because they're, like, a... Mo- I, I think it's just, like, a cool thing that he does of, like, us understanding the relationship and status between characters um, through his movies, and they're not necessarily protagonists and antagonists, they're just, like, they're together and one of them is going to be able to handle it one way and the other is not and like watching that tension um is really cool and i think that scene in particular is so um interesting to watch and it's like kind of farcical because they're like popping up and right. dropping down popping up and dropping down um and yeah and the three of them running shoulder to shoulder is like an absurd <laughs> unrealistic image but it's fun and it's cool and it's like it's different. Uh, very Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. yeah, it's very different. Um, um, so to tie in a couple of things that both of you have been talking about, uh, <clears throat> the shot that, like, or, like, the sequence that, like, floored me most was right after that chase scene when they're, like, at the factory or they're at the quarry or whatever, and 
um, it like kind of cuts to slow mo, and you just see Park like look at, like scanning the crowd, and he just mm-hmm. sees like the red underwear like tucking like popping out, and like the the way that whole thing was shot, and then like there's that moment that like knowing glance that Park and CO share with each other where they're like, yeah, like, like what you were saying, Matt earlier, like this is actual detective police work, you know, like, mm-hmm. like he Park had seen that guy and those underwear. And so that's what he is looking for. And he just happened to catch like a glimpse of it. Luckily, because this guy was bending over to pick up a shovel or wheelbarrow or whatever. Um, but the way that whole thing was shot with that, like, like the music didn't really slow down, but the camera slowed down. And so it was like this weird, like slow mo situation. I just thought that whole thing was like really striking and really beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I think like you said, Matt, that was kind of, that was where I started to notice the turn in park where he was like, uh, you know, now, okay, we're going to actually start doing some real police work here. Um, so I really liked that. Yeah. I will say though, I think it's interesting that, he then poses it as that he figured it out through looking at it. Right. Like, and that's, I think, such an interesting move because throughout the movie, he's kind of, like, even when he's like, oh, what if it's a guy with no hair? And that's what we're looking for. And then... Baldies. And then... Baldies. Yeah, baldies. Uh, and the police chief, and I think the police uh, sergeant is also interesting in that he, like, all, for all these other cases, has gone along and just done the bad police work they've been doing yeah but as soon as detective co shows up then he's like oh oh yeah this is better evidence and in that moment like first he's like oh interesting how would you find the people like that and then as soon as they find out about the radio station he's like what baldies i I don't know this is not a thing (laughs) never mind that's like a terrible lead um but like in that moment too uh it's all this like park is still trying to make his way viable mm-hmm. um and he's just like stubborn and trying to be like see i could call out somebody just by looking at their face and doesn't admit that like he saw the underwear first right um but yeah the and the look that they share is also one of like how did you figure this out and him being like i don't know i guess i'm just good at detective work <laughs> and then later more evidence comes out but like i think that was an interesting thing too of park still not admitting that his way is stupid, right? And like doesn't work. Um, yeah. What were you gonna say, Tyranny? I, I interrupted you before. Uh, I don't really remember. To- Other than that, was like I think the moment where, like Colin said, his arc starts to move away. Oh, now I remember. Just that that's also <laughs> when they start to be to work together as a team, Park and Sio, yeah. mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of antagonizing each other. Yeah. Yeah. And because it doesn't make, like, now they see what happens when they try to investigate separately. It's like, they fuck up the scene, and they have to chase a guy down. Yeah. Um, uh, But that, uh, yeah, I thought that scene was great. And there's so many misdirects where you're like, this seems like the guy. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, like, even uh, in the first interrogation um, of the uh, neighborhood boy who's uh, mentally challenged, uh, he is interrogated... And then does describe the murders in pretty vivid detail, where I was like, wait, is this the guy? This doesn't seem like the guy. And then they, like, finally say, like, no, no, this, like, it was all fed to him. Right, I was gonna say, like, I I thought that that was really fascinating that, like, because even before, like, they admit, 
admit they before they like talk mm-hmm. about that i was just like oh yeah they like had this guy in their like weird basement torture room for however long like of course they just told him what to say um and then it like you know that's kind of what becomes the narrative around it but i do like that sorry if i'm jumping on your your toes here but like i do like that twist at the end where they were like oh no i i didn't tell Mm -hmm. him that like he knew all of that stuff and then he like you know co uses that to realize like oh shit like he must have seen it then like that's the only logical way that he could have known that information i thought that was like a really fun like spin mm-hmm. on that that i was definitely not expecting although yeah. the the end of that like the, the, so re- the, the resolution of that was not happy <laughs> yeah and in the same way that like insomnia was about like planting evidence and getting that evidence and planting different evidence and like going back and forth this movie is all about like the evidence that you have also might not be good. Like, a tractor rolls over the footprint, um, the... uh, Torturing confessions. Torturing confessions, the postcard being thrown out, where they're like, why wouldn't you save the postcard? And they're like, I don't know. Like, nobody cares about evidence, and nobody understands the weight of it. And it is 1986. It's set in 1986. So, like, CSI and all this other forensic stuff that's, like, come into the popular culture was not back then yeah um and so like everyone is just very like i mean i don't know i maybe i saw him or like i don't know where these people like everyone's very loose about like actually helping with evidence the fact that like everyone shows up to the crime scenes and is just like stomping around and like oh weird what is this happening (laughs) and then Um, like seo also touches that girl's body with his bare hands to like pull his shirt down and her underwear up right and at that point too that's like another moment of like him giving up his actual typical police work mm-hmm. because he's so obsessed with getting the guy who he thinks is the murderer. Um, which I think, yeah, is an incredible detail of like, even though it's like a gentle and like, um, Carrie, it's not, yeah, and he's like covering her skin. It's still like, oh, but this isn't how you do police work or this isn't how you did police work. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is also interesting. The, uh, what was it? What's another note that I've got? Um, oh yeah, the radio station and Park's dismissal of Officer Kwan figuring out that that song has played every night when the murders happened, and it's every night when it rains, um, was also like an interesting moment of uh, Park just dismissing it and being like, you don't know what you're talking about, and Co actually being like, oh, like let's listen to the person who's actually done police work and has actually looked into this case in more ways than just like that guy kind of looks like the guy we're looking for um which i thought was also cool and that and her character um was seemingly pretty unblemished like she just did good police work and she like helped with the case and followed up on leads and like she was maybe the best character in the movie I got super worried when she went to go to the police station to get the postcard and a murder happened that night. I was mm-hmm. so nervous it was her. Yeah, I know. Pretty and, much uh, any time they showed a woman leaving their house, I was like, oh, no. Same. Yeah. Uh, Which in that regard, too, there is a, a little bit. I mean, it's Bong Joon-ho is a male director and like uh, crime on film is always committed against women. Uh but, like, there were moments that did feel like uh, women did become props or just motivators of 
the next plot point. Like when it's five men surrounding that the victim's body and they're like pulling out pieces of peaches from her vagina, yeah. which was just awful. And it's not played for laughs and it's like not played like they don't understand the horror of it. Right. But mm-hmm. visually seeing like five men investigating the murder of a woman and like something so grotesque and and like sexually based the fact that she was raped and murdered and then had pieces of a peach inserted is like so awful mm-hmm. um that it at times it did feel like oh yeah this is how crime movies treat women and it's like pretty bad it's just pretty uh repetitive and uh it just feels like can we not do this all the time like can it not only be this kind of and this is a true story so obviously like i was gonna say it it does happen though yeah right that's the the sad thing is like we see it but it's also like the majority of of like actually i don't know if it's the majority but. No, but, like, violence against women is a real thing, and, like, this was a real case of women mm-hmm. being murdered and raped and murdered. So, like, in that regard, yeah, this particular movie, this is how it's handled. But I think, like, Officer Kwan only being in the office of it and not being part of the actual investigation mm-hmm. um, is a moment in, that I think we can look at and think like why are crime movies always about men solving the crime against women and rarely in show women involved in solving the crime or like in part of that process because she's not a main character she's not one of the three detectives right she's not the sergeant she just gives them crucial evidence and she's, that helps them solve the case she's literally used as a prop <laughs> Uh, when they're trying to, like, they dress her up in, like, a red dress and, like, make her go walking down that road in hopes mm-hmm. to, like, she's literally being used as a prop for them, which, you yeah. know, not ideal. Yeah. But. But I think, I think that's also to say Bong Joon-ho writes um, pretty complex female characters. Yeah. Uh, which are, I think, I think is note. I don't think he's a misogynist. And I do want to clarify this, but like, <laughs> I think that image of men surrounding the body of a dead woman is like so typical of crime movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's one sad that it is realistic that like, it seems like this is the way uh, police work and uh, victims uh, are. But I don't know. It just was an uncomfortable image to see in that morgue. I think. That, like you said, he is capable of doing, like, very well three-dimensional female characters. I didn't phrase that correctly. Um, My (laughs) guess... We knew what you meant. (laughs) My guess, uh, to answer your question, is, like, like, why do we feel like this is what we see? Is that I could be wrong. I have no evidence. This is my hunch, which I'm putting into the public. But I feel like most (laughs) cops are men. And so yeah, I think that's for true. sure. If, yeah. if like a good chunk of murder cases are women, then the people investigating them would be men. Yeah. Um, and then it gets tricky when you have a real life case to right. change the identity of the detectives. Could get dicey. 
Yeah. Uh, but I think this does put a lot of credence into how dirty cop work is. Yeah. And um, I I haven't finished uh, the miniseries When They See Us, but the first episode is all about intimidation and mm-hmm. uh, false confessions that are fed to the people who end up getting uh, convicted. But, like, I think that here... Um, and having a government that doesn't protect the people and a police force that doesn't protect the people um, is shown to be uh, ugly and, like, a, a bad part of the society. And I think it's also interesting that, like, their lead suspect, um, when they end up tracking down the guy who sent the postcard and who very much seems like he's probably the murderer, um, he says outright, like, all the kids know that you torture people in here. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. what do you think your value is? Like, none of us respect any of this. Like, yeah. And we don't trust the police work that you're doing because we know you torture people. Um, and I think that was an interesting moment of, uh, of showing the consequences of bad police work and bad governance mm-hmm. of that, like, your own citizens don't help protect evidence because they don't really care because they don't trust you. Um, and like like uh, Tierna, you brought up the knowing that the government is sending resources to fight protesters rather than protect people who are being murdered. <laughs> you, you said that Tierney, right? Uh, you I yeah. The government. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, mo and it's really only like one moment where they talk about like we asked for reinforcements, but they're going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the overall just the yeah, lack of forensics, um, lack of like. Proper like proper police work is like it just feeds into this feeling that like yeah this is so chaotic that of course they couldn't protect the people like they know it rains and there's a song that plays and that he's going after women in red dresses that are alone near these rice patties and it's not enough for them to stop it and it's not enough for them to solve the case even um, because it's just like there's they're not equipped to do it right yeah i do also we had talked earlier about a lack of respect for evidence that they have Mm -hmm. um like or even the people in the the like province um but it also i don't know what just this is now that i'm saying this it's like clearly that it's not relevant to what you're just saying (laughs) but the uh even when they do finally get forensic evidence it like it's run over by a train. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is sa- like nothing they find is safe. Their <laughs> one witness gets hit by a train. Their one piece of forensics uh, that confirms or doesn't confirm what they were suspecting, run over by a train. Like tractor runs over, shoe print. Everything goes wrong. Like nothing goes right. Um. Yeah, I think the, the train running over the forensics really was like, of course. Like, this is, of, of course, they're not even going to have this thing that they had to wait for. Yeah. <clears throat> um, oh, one of the things, one of the lines that I really like that I do actually feel like uh, informed a lot of Detective Sio's character is when they're at the restaurant and they're eating... Um, like the grilled meats at their table, yeah. And he's like, "Don't, don't. Why don't you get any meat? Like, have some meat." And he's like, "I don't eat burnt meat." <laughs> and I think that line 
is kind of his character. Like, I don't go for the easy evidence. I, I don't go for, like, well-worn territory that's, like, overcooked and, like, done. Like, it's it's well done. It's not interesting. I'm going for... I want the juicier cuts of meat. I want the raw evidence. Um, but, like, just saying I don't eat burnt meat is kind of, like, I've got limits in what my, like... uh Palette. And what I do. Yeah. Politics or like, uh, I don't know the word. No, I said palette. <laughs> I had heard politics. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But he has like uh, taste and judgment, uh, which I feel like is different from everyone else on this police force. Right. Like they don't have real good judgment. Well, and it's also like, just like, a, like this is back when they're like antagonizing each other. So like, in addition to like the layers of that line, it's just like a funny dig at... <laughs> inspector yeah. park like oh no i'm not gonna eat this because you fucked it up like you left it on the grill for too long because you're an idiot exactly so, like... yeah <laughs> yeah also that's right after he gives the nike shoes uh and then he's like what does this say inside nice yeah this is nice these aren't nikes <laughs> if you're gonna get him shoes get him real yeah, at shoes. least get him real shoes <laughs> nice was very funny to me um another sequence that i thought was really funny that you one of you mentioned a while ago and i just remembered it now but like um the first time they try and track down the postcard and they like they go to the radio station and they're like yeah we got rid of it why would we keep it around and he's like you could maybe check over there and then like you see him kind of like moving around and then the next shot is him digging around in the garb like literal trash outside of the um the radio station and then somebody's like oh no they already picked up today's garbage and so then the next shot you see is him standing on a pile of garbage yeah. like at a dump that's just like on fire <laughs> yeah. like, it's so funny to watch that progression because like at any moment he like realistically could have given up but like the fact that he tra- like ends up going all the way to like the local dump <laughs> it's just like like maybe seriously considering digging around trying to find a postcard i thought it was so funny <laughs> and that is intercut with park going to a sauna to look for baldies <laughs> and that's literally the intercut is that there's good police work happening where this where co is like i don't care if i have to fucking dig in the landfill yeah i'm gonna look for this postcard and meanwhile <laughs> park is like on a hunch, looking at <laughs> naked men at a sauna to be like, are you bald enough? And not even, like, enough? subtly. <laughs> just, no. like... just, like, scanning everyone at the sauna. Even the little kid. He's like, nah, that... nah he probably wouldn't be. Well, and then, like, like, in the locker room, he's like, hey, man, now you can get dressed. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Like, yeah. It's just one thing terrible if, police. It's, it's one thing if you're just sitting there, like, looking, but, like, when you're just, like just actively stopping people from getting dressed so you can check out their junk. <laughs> so I was Insane. like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And it, but I think it's so fun that that's intercut with that investigation that you're saying. That like, a real lead. A postcard probably sent by the murderer as opposed to like, maybe there's no hair on the scene because the person has no hair. Which is like a nothing <laughs> discovery. It's like such a bad hunch. Yeah. Um, I think that's just, like, a perfectly funny Bong Joon-ho uh, clash of uh, ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was so funny. I'm glad you brought up that scene, though, because that was... I did I, um, I did forget that it was intercut with the, the sauna scene. 
like yeah, I was just remembering just so like fun. what was happening with uh, with Co, but yeah, the the sauna, like the intercut, the, the juxtaposition there was really clever. Yeah, um, um, I also had one other like uh, sequence that I thought was really well done. Um, the first, the first time you actually like follow a woman and she like gets up you know the first time like because we we find the murders like they see like the bodies a couple times but the first time you actually like see one happen like obviously it was hard to watch for all of the 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 reasons that you would expect it to be hard to watch but i also just thought like it was really like the filmmaking of that sequence was really well done like the the echo of the whistle like the you can like there's that sequence where she's just kind of like standing there and you can just see off in the background like a head popping up out of like the rice patty and you're like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. And then she like, like there's that one shot where she just like pulls her umbrella and her flashlight and she just like slowly turns and there's nobody she there. Has a samurai sword. Is that what it was? I thought, I thought it was, it was just like an umbrella. <laughs> like I thought it was an umbrella too. <laughs> okay. Since it's raining. Was... <laughs> no, but she, already... and seemed... she had, I mean, she had an umbrella up something up. sideways. Maybe it was a flashlight. I thought it was. I don't know. I thought well, it was. Well, it, it definitely was a flashlight. But then she like put something. She was like holding something else with the flashlight because I think yeah. she was expecting somebody to be there when she turned around. So I think she was gonna like try and like beat them with it. I did not see it as a. It definitely was something. I did not think it was a samurai sword. But I was. <laughs> it okay. Just seems like a, to be clear, I forgot in the title card that this was an unsolved mystery and so the whole time <laughs> i was like oh she's gonna kill him <laughs> i was like really excited for also we're like 35 minutes into the movie at that point <laughs> like yeah if she did also kill him, she doesn't <laughs> it also feels like if she didn't kill him like why would they include a samurai sword? I don't know. But I also, what? like, knew she was going to be a target because she gets the call to meet in front of the factory. And she yeah. leaves the house in a red coat. And I was right. like, fuck. Yeah, so from, like, the minute she, had a weapon, she I was takes like, off the red nice. coat. She takes off the red coat. It's another good misdirect is that she's oh. about to go out in the red coat and then takes it off. And when they find her, she's just in the shirt that she was in. Which is, I think, an interesting thing to be like, oh, Maybe she'll survive because she's not wearing that red coat. And then you're like, oh, no, the red coat doesn't matter. The red doesn't really matter, necessarily. Yeah. But I, I, I was thought, also like, so scared the way the killer jumped out. Of yes, the bushes. I was going to say, like, that whole, so loud. Same. And I, that's why, like, I think, like I said, like, watching a woman be abducted, who you then know is going to be raped and murdered, like, that's just, like, an uncomfortable thing to watch for all of those reasons. But I just was like... The filmmaking of it was really, I, like, I thought was really well done. And it was, like, yeah. super tense. And, like, legitimately it was, like, like holy shit, when he, like, just popped out of nowhere. Um, so I, d- I really thought, like, I was like, oh, man. Bong. This this dude gets it. Like, he, yeah. he knows what it's he's spooky. doing. That image is as spooky as the head peeking out of a basement in mm-hmm. Parasite. Mm-hmm. It's the same vibes mm-hmm. of, like, it's not quite lit or seen long enough for you to know exactly what you're looking at. But whatever you're looking at is, like, horrific. Yeah. And, like, the way he just, like, emerges from the rice paddy and is just this, like, flash of a body is so scary. And, yeah, like, Bong Joon-ho is so good at that fast, mm-hmm. uh, blink-if-you-miss-it kind of horror. Um, oh, it's so yeah, scary. I, 
that scene, the whistling, terrifying. Yeah. Uh, everything was so scary about that scene. I remember, like, so I, you know, <clears throat> was watching this. I, like, sit on my recliner, and I'm, like, leaned all the way back. <laughs> and I remember last night when I was watching this, like, when you... Like, when you hear the whistling, I sat up a little bit, and I was like, oh, shit, here, like, it's going down. And then when you see that, like, head kind of, like, pop up, I, like, literally sat up and was, like, just on the edge of my seat. Just like, oh, fuck. Uh, Yeah. Oh, God. So upsetting. Even when Uh, Park's uh, girlfriend passes the schoolgirl on the road, I was like, oh, no, which one is it going to be? And then he went for, like, presumably the smaller one because it would be like easier prey i guess but yeah. the way that he just snatches her off the road is so scary yeah yeah and she's not wearing red but mm-hmm. um and i think Mark's girlfriend is the other thing too is like <clears throat> the way that she just gets like snatched off the road like real quick and then the camera cuts to Park's girlfriend, and she just kind of, like, stands there and is, like, looking around. I was literally expecting her to get taken out, too. Like, I like I know that that's not this dude's M.O., but I, like, just the way that that whole sequence was done, I was like, ugh. Like, I'm st- I know that this guy already took his victim, but I'm nervous that he's going to take Park's girlfriend now, too. See, I saw that, and I was like, oh, she heard and she's going to go back and rescue her. I know. And oh, me too. No. <laughs> nah. I, I also know, thought I did, that I did not read it that way. <laughs> um, I also forgot it was unsolved, so at the end I was like, but surely the forensics evidence will come, will come back. And it did. Um, speaking of Quok, who is Park's girlfriend, what is the deal with the IV bag hanging in the tree. Yeah, I don't know. And in general, the medical stuff that she does for him. Like, she gives him shots and, like, keeps him... So, far, like, isn't there a line where he says it? that pretty soon you'll be making more than the hospital? So she does, like, house calls to people and takes care okay. of them. I was gonna say, and I assume that she was, like, a nurse, like, a traveling nurse, but, like, I don't... Yeah. Like, I know, like, the shot, he specifically says, one of them says, like, it's a flu shot. And I don't know if it, like, actually is a flu shot or if he, like, that was just, like, a pretend it's a flu shot. I don't, I don't really know how to read that that line. But I was just kind of like, okay, if she's a traveling nurse, like, it's not that weird that she would do this. But I thought, like, the, the IV thing, I never really, like, that one was one that I couldn't really, A, understand or B, like, logic my way to yeah. an answer I just figured for. he was, like exhausted and not taking care of himself not drinking enough not eating enough and so she was like i'll give you an iv drip and you'll be good which yeah i think that's where i've come around to think uh and and if that is it i think that's a very funny joke that like this traveling nurse just has what you need (laughs) when you need it and being like wow you look terrible i'll hook you up to an iv bag hanging in a tree (laughs) to get you back up to speed uh, or like, or like, after we have sex, I'll just give you a flu shot because I've got one laying around and like get you healthy and make sure you're healthy. Like, it's such a funny character that I feel like because it wasn't super clear that that was exactly the joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only in retrospect that I'm like, that's such a weird character trait to just be like an on hand nurse who's like, I'll keep you healthy whenever I can. Yeah, <laughs> like I'll have the supplies around. Um. Which also, I it probably would have been cooler if uh, um, the detective Cho, who got the nail in his leg, 
uh, went to her to get mm. healed. Yeah. But instead, he gets his leg amputated, so he can't sideways kick anymore. And that's the end of his character arc. That's the last time we see him. There's, like, one shot where, where Park, like, looks at his boots, and one of them is still wearing, like, that weird little, like... <laughs> like sock boot cover thing. sock thing that he would put over it when he would kick people so that they couldn't tell the footprint and it's like oh crazy bummer dude <laughs> yeah that's and what happens he had when just you... bought those military boots in the first scene oh yeah that's right <laughs> i like that he's like what's with these boots <laughs> um but yeah i just wanted to see what you guys thought of that ivy because i was like what's happening here that ivy it does sound like it's... that grows on the on the side of the building i had so many thoughts about it why are you the way you are? <laughs> Why do you do things you do? Well, the nice thing um, about the uh, the baseball season getting delayed is that we won't have those like early annoying games where there isn't the ivy at Wrigley. Like it should all still be it should be grown in at this point. So like when games get started in late July, it'll it'll look beautiful. All that ivy hanging from the tree, <laughs> <laughs> wrapped around Jackie Park. <laughs> <laughs> um do we want detective park the new name of wrigley field oh that was a good one matt oh no it was okay don't (laughs) i was i thought that would be if you're gonna start making ivy puns (laughs) the ivy was on detective park yeah is that and that you're saying that's baseball then is what you're saying. Well said. <laughs> um, I love the technology that, like, you jump to 2003, and it's the South Korea that we're all used to now, which is just, like, appliances and cars and people, like, uh, in pretty modern clothing. But, like, in 1986, it was, like, nothing... Like, there's minimal technology that's, like... I mean, Man, there's a whole sequence where he's literally typing on a typewriter, and like, yeah, and doesn't like even one at a time, and doesn't really even know how that works. And like, the guy that he has in for questioning is like moving the thing along. <laughs> Can I just uh, say that, ba- building off what you said with with clothing, I am a huge fan of their outfits in '86, where it's like business casual with sneakers. I'm just big, big fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems extremely your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also like just the, the way it looked. Like mm-hmm. everything in 1986 was just like really dark and grimy, and then when it jumped to 2003, it was like bright and like yellow. And I thought that was just like a fun, like little twist there uh, for the last little yeah. bit of the movie. And he gets his shit together. Yeah, if we're at the end already, like he gets his shit together and has a family and like looks yeah together. And you're like, oh, and you quit and the police. And he's not, not a police officer anymore. It's just yeah, like you're not good at it. A traveling juicer salesman. <laughs> <laughs> but I do Which like is that also he's how still Zodiac ends. To his son, he's like, look me in the eyes. Look me in yeah, the eyes but... and tell me you weren't up all night playing video games. <laughs> um, I did. So we, I kind of like alluded to this earlier, but I didn't know if we wanted to fully go there. But I did think like that final sequence in 1986 where they're like um like on the train tracks in that tunnel first of all it looked amazing mm-hmm. um those shots just mm-hmm. looked incredible um but like you know we were talking about how park her park's character kind of evolved over the course of the movie um like 
not necessarily that he would have shot him, but like you could definitely see Park earlier in the movie maybe shooting a guy just because he's pretty sure that it's the guy. Um, So like to watch him come full circle and like actually stop CO from shooting the guy. um, I thought like that was like a really nice Mm -hmm. way to like resolve that character arc. And in a similar way, like it was really fascinating to see how far CO had fallen. um, Cause he came in just being like this, like very cool, very calm, very collected. I do things by the book and what you're doing is not by the book. So he, you know, like he had that kind of air about him. And then he just like got this in his mind that like, no, this is the guy. It has to be the guy. And when he's told it's not, he's like, fuck it. I don't care. Um, and I thought real, real quick. Uh, and we can edit this chunk out, but Tierney, you're like rubbing your microphone all across your bed and all it sounds like is (laughs) 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 just be aware. You're probably going to have to like cut this portion or at least drop your audio. Down. That's just my it's headphones. Like, That's not I was gonna my say, phone. It's, it's probably just like this part of it. Okay. Like her phone is fine, sure, I'm sure. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on um, I'm on I'm I'm not sitting in a chair today cuz last week it squeaked a lot. And so I've been on the floor, but it's it's hard to get comfortable. <laughs> do you need some know, just, Do you need some WD-40 like for that chair? <laughs> for future weeks <laughs> do i what do you want some wd-40 so you can like oh do you know what the... i just remembered a better comfier chair that i should have used next week next week all right so we'll edit all of this out <laughs> yeah it just sounds like you're speaking through a pillow <laughs> okay fine i'll lay back on my back i'm yeah i'm sure like the audio on your phone is fine it's just like what matt and i are hearing is very muffled <laughs> um anyway what we we were talking we were talking about the uh just like the end um like the end of the 1986 timeline um is that that new wonder woman movie 84 oh damn it (laughs) what's wrong with you nice try though (laughs) um did you get a tattoo of this movie? I was going to say, does anybody have anything else that they wanted to talk about in terms of the movie? Nah. I'm looking I've at my notes. Finished my notes like an hour ago. <laughs> uh, the bugs on the body in the opening oh. uh, investigation, oh. so unsettling. The, the, the tiny little bugs scurrying away from the light was so awful. Yeah. Uh, also, sleeping on the floor, uh, or like in Quark's house, the way the mattress was just, like, in the middle of the room on the floor might just be a cultural thing, but I was like, that that seems so low. Like, it's so... Yeah. Flat and low to the ground. Nah, sleeping on the the floor is not that bad. (laughs) I was gonna say, as Tierney is literally laying on the floor right now. (laughs) I slept on an air mattress for, like, four years, and then eventually it popped, and I slept on the floor for two weeks... Uh, until I figured out what I was going to do for a new bed. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a <laughs> it was weird... A really, you walked into my studio apartment and there was just like, uh, oh, 
I sorry, I had a FaceTime there. You walked into a into my apartment and there was just like a pile of bedding on, in a corner yeah. of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Those are real also, weird. <laughs> let me be clear. That was twenty that was I was twenty six years old. <laughs> an adult. Like, an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this wasn't like Oh, yeah, when I was, you know, 19 and did dumb shit all the time, I was, like, a, a grown-ass woman with a job. It's just, like, not going to sleep on the floor, thanks. There were moments where I went to work and I was like, I slept on a floor last night. <laughs> In your own home. In your own home. Anyway. Oh, um... My, yeah, I'm done with my notes. My last thing that I will say about this movie is, like, we talked at the beginning how this is, like, we compared it a lot, even throughout, to Insomnia. Um, whereas, like, Insomnia, I probably will never watch it again unless I'm, like, specifically doing, like, a Christopher <laughs> Nolan filmography re- rewatch. <laughs> or you're, yeah. you're binging all <laughs> Al Pacino <laughs> I'm tracking the, the the trajectory of Al Pacino being shrunk by a shrink ray. Yeah. <laughs> doing, doing measurements. Uh, yeah, just like frame by frame whenever he's on the screen, just being like, mm, okay, so here's where we're at. <laughs> You're doing a Frito fingernail film festival. Oh, God. Oh. Tierney would run away from that so fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, all of that so is to upsetting. say that, like, I would absolutely watch this movie again. Um, I, like... Yeah, again, I don't have a ton of Bong Joon-ho context, but, like, even if this is one of his quote-unquote worst movies, I still really liked it and would absolutely, like, happily watch this again. Because I think, as much as I love Nolan, the filmmaking on display in this movie is, I think, significantly better than... For sure. ...whatever was happening on, with Insomnia... Mm-hmm. So whenever this comes out on Criterion, I will be buying it and adding it to the collection. Mems of Merds. Mems, Mems of Merds. All right. Uh, so we want to talk categories real quick. Yeah. So uh, again, I nothing really jumped out to me uh, in terms of a tattoo. She get um, the nice Nikes. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little bummed that we didn't get like a better look at the the nice shoes or the nicey shoes. Maybe maybe they never said nice, but they just on like the tongue where it tells you the brand the model of the shoe. Oh. It was just a sixty nine. Nice. <laughs> it's in, it's instinctive at this point. <laughs> also, as a side note, can we just take a moment and. Uh, appreciate that Heim left a 69 item on their album cover. Like, yeah. it's like uh, customer number 69. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's real good. Nice. Uh, similarly, uh, when you watch the first season of An Emmy for Megan, um, she just has a bunch of like little signs from grocery stores that, like, this item, like, bananas on sale, 69 cents. They're just, like, littered all over her kitchen. There's just a shitload of them. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> and, like, no one draws attention on to it. For 69. <laughs> it's probably my favorite time of year. 
And you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll get some of those nice bananas. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I don't anyway, know. There that wasn't, was mine. There wasn't a lot of, like, imagery that jumped out. I mean, like, there weren't a lot of things, like, specific things that jumped out in terms of a yeah, tattoo idea. Somebody sideways kicking. <laughs> but then have that sock thing on one of the boots. Right, of course. Yeah. There we go. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of, like, uh, notable or images that you'd want on your body. Right, yeah. yeah like, this movie was a pretty it. upsetting movie. <laughs> um, some what do we want to some Oh, dude, I fucking love Korean barbecue, though. I know. All that food looks so good. It looks... Mm-hmm. Also, I think I texted you guys this at one point. Um, about the parasite dinner. About the yeah the oh, the, like the noodle dish so that good. she makes at parasite, and I was like, mm-hmm. I understand that there are so, so many other things Ron-ron. about parasite that are fantastic, but holy shit! Like I left the theater being like, I need that recipe right now, and I need to be Pronto. eating that for the rest of my life. So I had a, a like less intense but a similar uh, feeling when I was watching them at the Korean barbecue. I was like, oh my, especially that like first shot where they dump all the meat on the grill and it just starts sizzling i was like i would love to go to there right now which i think is a fun segue to our next one would you guys want to spend time on this film set and i would absolutely spend time on the korean barbecue part of this film set (laughs) (laughs) i would i would uh hang out on the whole thing Uh, i thought the set like the town itself was really cool Mm -hmm. um and it's, I think it's just a cool setting that it's not in the city because a yeah. lot of his other movies happen in urban areas. Um, and this was just like a country town. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I thought was cool. It's pretty. I would I would want to go to there. Yeah. I like. I think it would prob- be fun, probably be fun, but also probably. like. It'd probably be fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, the. Uh, just the context of this movie is so dark that I like that would be a little rough. Like I would absolutely spend time on the parasite set for sure. Um, but I'm a little less like enthused about spending time on the Mems of Murds set. Well, I figured I could just like take a lap. Sure. Head to that Korean barbecue place. (laughs) 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 Wander through through the rice paddy. (laughs) Oh, can we just like. (laughs) That's how I've been viewing this category. It's like, what do I want to go to that place? (laughs) Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, if you're on the film set, you have to at least be like on the film set. It's not just like you can just like go to South Korea and do whatever the fuck you want while they're making this movie. Um, I'd like watch him direct a little bit and then like. Obviously, leave for a little. Yeah, do my own thing. Come back. Uh, can we just talk about uh, how box room or box room uh, is like in the attic of the Korean barbecue restaurant, and also like the door to his room pops out like in one of like the private rooms of that restaurant. <laughs> like that's such yeah. a weird. Like when he well, just they like, were also pops out i I was like oh (laughs) but i think they say like oh you always fall asleep in the weirdest spots so i think he was like hiding in that little crawl space but later when they when they go back to look for him uh co goes up there and is like he's not in his room (laughs) so true maybe maybe he meant in like 
this is where he goes a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that like that was really funny and weird that he just yeah. like the fall was actually like very like visually he just like pops and like drops into the sea. Yeah. <laughs> that was very funny. Um all right, so uh, I teased before we started recording a fun little nugget for you guys. Um, as we all know from this year's uh, Academy Awards ceremony, Parasite was the first ever South Korean film to even be nominated for any Academy Awards. So oh, wow. it should not surprise you that this movie was not nominated for anything at the Academy yeah. Awards. But um, it was nominated for some stuff at the Grand Bell Awards which are, like, more or less the equivalent to, like, the Korean Academy Awards. Hmm. Um, I don't know. So, like, the Wikipedia page is not super in-depth, so I don't really have a ton of information. But I do know that this film won uh, Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor for Song Kang-ho. Good. Um, yeah. Which all of those like feel right I would also like to see cinematography as well. I was going to say... Uh, I can tell I'll you. Se- I'll settle for those. I'll, I'll settle for those, but. <laughs> um, Jailbreakers was the one that won Best Cinematography in 2003 at the Golden Bell Awards. Hmm. Sure. Uh, but no, the fun little nugget that I was going to tell you is uh, our boy, Song Kang Ho, has won Best Actor three times at the wow. Golden Bell Awards, which is awesome because every he's single like time Meryl he's Street. in a movie, yeah, like he's like their Meryl Streep. Every time he's in a movie, he's phenomenal. Um yeah. so it's it's fun that like yeah, you know, the academy sucks a lot in a lot of ways that we've discussed, but at least he's getting the recognition he deserves elsewhere. Um yeah. I will say one other quick follow-up. It appears as if they have not given out awards or at least Wikipedia has not been updated for 2019. So I assume that he probably won something for Parasite, probably Best Supporting Actor. Sure. Um, but it looks like two, 2018 was the last year that they had like given out awards, again, according to Wikipedia. But I wonder if that has it. anything to do with the, the pandemic, because I, I feel would, like uh, if their awards are in feb- February, I said yeah. it right this time, uh, <laughs> it would have been... It like a bigger deal in South Korea than than it was in the United States. For sure. I assume that's probably what it was. Um, but like I said, I only went to Wikipedia and did not dig any further. How dare you? Mostly because their actual website is in Korean and I don't speak Korean. So <laughs> learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that time. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, but it's fun. Uh, also, this case got solved. Oh, yeah. Tell us, In 2019. Man. In 2019, <gasps> they caught the guy who was in his 50s and at first admitted only to, like, four of the murders. And then down the line was like, no, nah, I did them all. And then some. And some that you didn't even catch me for. Well, he... Like, he was... Was this the dude they thought? Uh, I don't know in the context of this movie. if it's So the, the movie is just inspired by. I don't think it's like a... Like a oh. I think, I mean, I think, I think they took a lot of what actually happened in real life, but I don't think that it's like a a perfect one-to-one correlation. Yeah. But if, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, uh, wasn't he in jail, like serving a sentence for a different thing, like a different murder? A rape and murder of his mother and sister or a sister-in-law, I think. It was like. Sister-in-law. That's what it was. It was the most brutal thing you could go to prison for. And then he also 
like, was lend later. They were like, oh, you're already in here, and you also did all these other murders. Yeah, so he's, like, because I, I think that was in the 90s is when he went to jail for that murder. And then after the fact, like, well after the statute of limitations has passed, he ended up, like, admitting to all the other stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, confessed to more than 30 <gasps> rapes and attempted rapes. Yeah. Uh, but confessed to killing 14 people, including all nine unsolved serial murders and five others. Um, but, yeah, he had been in prison for... Uh, rape and murder of his sister-in-law. Not his mother. I was wrong about that part. But of his sister-in-law. So just an awful human being. But he was caught in 2019. So like very, very recently. Yeah. Um, Which is nuts. Just last October. Literally not even like a year ago they they solved this. Which is just mind-boggling. That's crazy. Um, But yeah. So they got him. So that's great. (laughs) They got him. They got him, y'all. <laughs> In the words of, uh, is it Barack Obama when he uh, said that Bin Laden was dead? And he said, we got him. <laughs> or was that Bush with Saddam Hussein? I can't remember. Somebody said, we got him. Bush had the mission accomplished. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the aircraft carrier that just had that like mission accomplished banner on it was like L O fucking L. Oh, okay. It was it was not the president, but it was uh, a military person who was announcing that they got Saddam Hussein and just said, "We got, ladies and gentlemen, we got it." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sounds boy. like right. a, an announcer for like a. A talk show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fresh off his tour for his new book, we got him. It was um, hard, to, hard to book him, but we got him. We got him. What have you guys been up to this week? Any Anything you want to share? I actually I wrote this up plug. down. You go oh, first, Matt. Oh, no, you go first. Tammy, no, you go first. No, no you go first. Oh, I want you to go first. I want you to go first. Okay, fine. I played the last game. <laughs> <of> last <laughs> uh, I played the Last of Us and finished it, and I'm about to start Last of Us Two today. Uh, wow, what a powerful game! Uh, and I've heard the second one's even better and more uh, misery-inducing because uh, the first one is a grim, bleak, a bummer of a story, uh, but incredibly well done uh and i loved it um so i did that uh i watched a couple movies i watched do the right thing uh nice. which was so good i'm because um, it's still free for rental this like does that end today or I tomorrow until the 29th oh so uh, tomorrow yeah okay i was because um, i think i'm my plan was to watch that tonight um as so good yeah i'm i it like it feels shakespearean at um, which I said about Parasite. Parasite, to me, felt Shakespearean. But, like, uh, particularly the end of Do the Right Thing is both uh, very heartbreakingly topical yeah. uh, to the current uh, movement. And also a dramatic uh, shift in the movie. So I think it's it's a great movie. So I watched that. I watched I Am Not Your Negro. And that was excellent. Yeah, that one's really good. Um, and what else? have I watched anything else? I've mostly been playing Last of Us because it was so compelling. Um, 
I think that's it. That's all I did this week. Tierney, do you want to go, or do you want do you want to go last, and I can go? I'll go last. Okay. Uh, um. So I really just like briefly wanted to take like a hot minute and talk about how like three of the best albums of the year have all come out within the last few weeks, and uh, I just wanted to celebrate. Uh, so we got Run the Jewels four, which is a fucking powerhouse of an album. So good. Um. And like. The timing of that album release could... I know they recorded it last year, but, like, the timing of that album getting released when it did was just unbelievable. Um, but that that album's really good. Um, <clears throat> the new Phoebe Bridgers album, not Phoebe Waller-Bridge, but Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, her new Cheeky. album... <laughs> her new <laughs> album is great. Apparently, I didn't really read uh, the article, but apparently uh, she was at least loosely inspired by Phoebe Waller-Bridge in, um, when she was writing this, so. Too much. That's too many. Oh, uh, <laughs> like yesterday when I figured out finally for the first time that Chris Stapleton and Vince Staples are not the same person. Wow. <laughs> I just thought they were the same person collaborating with all these different people and did both country and oh, rap, I wow. guess. Wow. I don't. I was so confused, and then yesterday I confirmed it for myself. So it's a real Phoebe Waller Bridge, Phoebe Bridges, Bridgers, Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. <clears throat> Who knows? I don't know these people. They're all. You should. They, this, their names are too similar. You should listen. That her album is outstanding. It's really, really, really what good. What kind of music uh, does she do? Um, it's like indie, Sad. like singer songwriter. It's pretty depressing, but like her voice is yeah. like her voice is really like hauntingly beautiful. And so, like, <clears throat> it fits really well, like, with the, the music and the lyrics. Um, but I remember her, I heard her first album a couple years ago, like, after it had been released. And, like, a year, like it had been out in the world for, like, a year. And I finally got around to it. And I was, like, completely blown away by it. Um, and she's probably been my favorite artist, like, actively making music since then. She's put out some, like, um, collaborative stuff. She did... Um, an EP with Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker called Boy Genius, which is really good. Um, she released an album with Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes called Better Oblivion Community Center, which is also really good. And then she finally released her second like solo album um, a couple weeks ago. And I like I basically can't stop listening to it. Um, and then also uh, this weekend, we got the new Heim BB's uh, album, which is also fantastic. Have you listened to it yet, Matt? No, I've been listening to Black Parade by Beyonce. On <laughs> Just <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> on an, I mean, genuinely, I worked an eight-hour shift, and I think six of those hours were just Black Parade <clears throat> on a loop, on an endless loop. It's a good song, though, to have on loop. It is. Yeah, yeah no, it is. Like, I was it's just bouncing up and down at my standing desk. <laughs> um, to it. If it makes you feel any better, when I was a lifeguard, we had 20-minute breaks, and... Uh, someone had put on Enrique Iglesias' ping pong song, the Do You Know What It Feels Like, on repeat, and it wasn't until eight minute 18 of my 20-minute break that I realized that I'd been listening to the same song. <laughs> it's a great Oof. song, though. I love that song. Um, well, the new Haim album is really, really good. Um, I'll listen. I it's it's different than their other two, but in a way that I really like, and it might be my favorite of theirs. Whoa, it's really really good. 
listen. Wow. <coughs> what? Holy cow. Whoa. Um, I don't know. Tierney, you can give us your thoughts because I know you have listened to it, but I really like it a lot. Um, it is different. Yeah. Um, I'm still absorbing. Cool. And that's... I've only listened to it twice, but I do like it. Yeah, Sorry. I listened to it basically nonstop on Friday um, when I was... So, like, Matt, when you were working your eight-hour shift doing <laughs> Black Parade exclusively, I was, mm-hmm. I was listening to Women in Music Park 3 um, pretty much exclusively. Uh, but then I've also been um, watching Deadwood, uh, mm. which is a really, really, really good HBO show is that, that like I... like an environmental uh, show about environmentalism and they just show trees being chopped down? Yes. No, it's about erectile dysfunction. It's about it's about both of those things. It's really fascinating how they like thread those. You wouldn't think that those two things would be related, but it's really fascinating. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, is it like but it a is sex fascinating. Scene and they're like going at it, and then it cuts to a tree in a forest being cut down to make agricultural land, and then the guy's pee pee just goes. Boo. Yeah, he he like loses the guy's yeah, pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he loses it. I wasn't going to spoil anything, but you got it, Tierney. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, man, we got to stop cutting down all these trees. I swear it's not like this every time. <laughs> I guess I'm just nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous that the earth is dying. <laughs> Let's make this movie. <laughs> I don't I don't see how it has much more than, like, you know, a, sh- a short film length. I don't, I don't see it being be a, a, a feature-length movie. Yeah. Sure. It might be like a real woke uh, porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the Deadwood that I've been watching is not that, but I would probably watch that if if people were to make it. But no, it's the HBO show from the early two thousand, early to mid two thousands about Deadwood, South Dakota. Um, Ian McShane. Ian Maybe McShane's after... fantastic. Timothy Oliphant's fantastic. Tierney's got something else she wants to throw about the. <laughs> Yeah, so after the sex scene, they go to have <laughs> they go to have breakfast together, and the girl is eating a sausage, and she's like, "Do you want some?" And he's like, "No, I don't eat meat." And then it's like, because I think about all of the the pollution that comes from animal products, but it also is like I can't bear to look at the sausage when I can't get my own PBR. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh god. Sorry. Oh, what a can of worms we are. <laughs> Can't get my pee pee <laughs> Today on Deadwood. Today on Deadwood. I can't, I can't get, get my pee pee heart. <laughs> Oh, God. oh, goodness. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. Tierney, you've got your, your list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not terribly exciting. I just didn't want to forget anything because I feel like I always do. Uh, so I finally watched a movie that Matt had recommended to me probably three years ago, uh, mm. which is Hannah. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, it is real fun. And like, a, yeah. it's kind of like sad, but it's just... It's weird. It's like a weird action movie. And yeah. Saoirse Ronan is like an unstoppable assassin. And it's really fun to see that in like... She's probably like 14 at the time. And so... This yeah. was after Atonement. This was like a year after Atonement. And yeah. then she was just like... 
cracking necks. And it's, like, really fun to see an assassin as, like, a little girl, basically, as opposed to, like, I don't know, some, like, middle-aged dude. Um, and I don't know, I thought it was, it's very different, and they do some, like, experimental cinematography stuff that mm-hmm. I thought was fun, and Kate Blanchett is so weird in it. Oh, man. She brushes I gotta see her teeth movie. so aggressively that they bleed. Jesus. <laughs> I'll watch face. it. I want to watch this movie now. Um, Please let me watch this movie, Tierney. You yeah, are that's... more than welcome. It is streaming on either Amazon or Netflix. I can't remember which one. Thank um, you. And then I, uh, per Colin's suggestion a few weeks ago, I watched Never Have I Ever, the Mindy Kaling television mm. show on Netflix, and I loved it. Yeah. Yes. It is so good. And it's like so good. very funny and yes. like heartwarming at the same time. I like almost uh, cried at the very end. Same. I did almost, cry at I the mean, very I end. I was tearing up and suppressing everything down. <laughs> right. Um, like like I you also, do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I also would like to point out that afterwards I like went on uh, IMDb and Wikipedia and was like looking up at the cast because. Uh, I've definitely seen her mom, Dr. Vishwa Kumar, in something else, and I couldn't remember what. Um, but that actress's first name is Purna, and her website, I feel, is very important to share because it is very funny and very clever, but it's pornography. <laughs> <There's two O's. laughs> and I thought that was very funny. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, would recommend that show. It, like... I just loved it. I wish there was more of it. I um, I would happily watch a second season of that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that, like, it, it's a pretty perfect little, like, like if, if we never get a second season, I think it, it oh, is yeah. pretty perfect for, like, just being, like, a one, one and done kind of thing. Um, also, the girl who plays Davy is so good. Yeah. She, like, carries that show effortlessly. Yeah. That show is fantastic. I, I don't watch it. I haven't watched a lot of like new TV this year because I've been trying to catch up on a bunch of older shit. But like, you know, that's easily one of the best things I've watched this year. Mm-hmm. But um, and then the other thing is, I just want to uh, say a public thank you and a shout out to uh, my fellow Ramis for honoring such an epic day that was on. <laughs> God, was it Friday? It was Friday, yeah. It was Friday. It was two days ago, yeah. I knew it was the 26th, but I couldn't remember remember what day of the week that was. But they bombarded me with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson photos in honor of my uh, husband and lover's 50th birthday. (laughs) That was all Colin. Colin inundated you. So I I also... Preloaded. He was ready to go. I want to just, like, set the scene for anybody who's still listening and and maybe cares. But um, we had, like, texted some random bullshit earlier in the day like we usually do. And then, like, it was probably, like, 3.30 in the afternoon my time, so mountain time. Um, I just texted our group message and just said, say tea. Like, totally out of nowhere. And she just said, yes, I know it's PTA's birthday. Thank you for finally recognizing it. And I was like, holy shit. How did she know that that's exactly what I was about to say? Uh, yeah, no, we had a good day. Uh, you know, we watched a couple of movies at home, Turner Classic Movies. Uh, of course. You know, 
I'll leave the rest up to everyone's imagination. I don't want to spoil oh. anything. He's a pretty private person, so. Uh, just quick, quick follow I up. Never, I love Maya Rudolph. I was gonna say, I was like, <laughs> uh, what was Maya up to? <laughs> I'm lying, guys. I don't know if you know this, but I'm not his husband. His wife. I'm not his husband either. <laughs> Was my Rudolph taking a bubble bath? Bubble bath. <laughs> He's in a loving relationship with my Rudolph, and they're perfect together. Anyway. At least you'll always have those pictures that I pulled from Google Image Search. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, so next week we're watching Tana. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, it's Tierney's Not Choice. Not with Hannah. Right, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that uh, is on Amazon Prime, I believe. So. Oh, yeah. sweet. And, yeah, I, it's either free or... I think it's free. I think it's free. I, I think it's on Prime. Yes, I think it's free. Well, good. But I'm excited. I haven't watched it. So I think I'm the only one who's seen that, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it. And I, only, I haven't watched it since like the one time I saw it, whenever it was nominated for... And Oscar, so I'm excited to go back and rewatch. Mm. But mm. Mm. all right. Oh God, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like looking at this sausage because I can't get my pee pee hole. I think that should be the sign off this week. Yeah. And then we knew we usually do. I'm finished, but you can just end it there or, with a little bit of our laughter. Because of, because of the Deadwood, he he can't say I'm finished. Because I can't not. finish. I can't <laughs> finish because I. Have. <laughs>